Welcome to the Masters in Motion podcast, where we empower Masters athletes to reach their full potential. Join us as we delve into the world of CrossFit and showcase the strength, resilience, and determination of Masters athletes, because we love this sport. I'm Jason Grubb with Rick Stevenson. Hey, Rick, how was your Memorial Day weekend, my friend? Well, Mr. Jason, pretty good, gotta say. Uh, Just was telling you, uh, we got uh, blessed with 72 degrees, no humidity, sunshine the whole time. Uh, not a cloud in the sky. Uh, here in Northeast Ohio, it really felt like it was the kickoff of summer. So uh, we tried to be outside as much as possible. And that, yeah, that included included Murph. You but did we'll Murph. How was Murph? Yeah. Right, well, let's just jump into Murph. Yeah. We'll, well, we've got news, but you know, since we're on the topic oh, yeah, of we Memorial Day weekend and Murph, yeah. I did not do it. But I'll tell you mm-hmm. why in a second. I want to know how your Murph went. And uh, besides amazing weather. Uh, yep. Your hands survived. Body survived. Did not tear. Yep, they they survived. They survived. Uh, it was a it was a real good experience. Uh, great uh, atmosphere. I think we had. I didn't I didn't post a picture of this, and I sh- I should repost from our gym. But I think we had about uh, fifty strong that were there. That uh, it was just great to be with the community um, from the competitor side, where I normally will hang out a little bit more. Um, owner brought us all together. Uh, Two years ago, last year I didn't do it because of semifinals. The following it was week. right, yeah, it was literally the the, the Monday after you, our semifinals. You had semifinals, yeah, you had semifinals that weekend. I was the That's following. Right. They, they That's right. split the age group up. Um, but then for twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, did it at my friend Mike's house, and I enjoy doing that. And he and I were going back and forth. We decided that we should do it again later this year at his house just to keep the tradition up. So uh, I'll complain about how sore I am later this year. <laughs> Fair Between enough. Between competitions. One more time. I was telling you, I did not do officially uh, the workout yesterday. Uh, I'm planning to do it on June 10th. Um, actually, is a little bit of a strategy um, thinking that this could be something we could see at the games this year for Masters athletes. I think that'd be really interesting. Um, and again, who knows? But uh, I did a significant amount of Murph prep yesterday where after I did all the math, um, yeah, I did more than more than actual Murph yesterday with regards to the volume. And again, gratefully, my hands are intact and they're quite sore, um, especially after the training that I did today with more more work that involved my hands. But um, I every time I do that kind of volume or that kind of work or incorporate push-ups into a workout, I'll just say whenever I incorporate push-ups, I am sore in new ways every time because we just don't do that many. Right. You know what I mean? No. Nope. Uh, it, it, you, you, you throw a weight vest on. And even though you might have prepped with pull-ups and push-ups, uh, it's just it's just a whole new level of soreness. And uh, I I've done my share of complaining, and I shouldn't, but um, you know, it's it's what I like to do when I'm really sore. So yeah, I'm. I mean, <laughs> we're sore and achy, but we, we, both... we do it we we do it for the right reason. That's the most important thing. Uh, we yep. remember those that have paid the ultimate sacrifice and learn that it's not a uh, uh, it's not a reason to complain. I'm just complaining about the soreness of my my body well, right now, but not, and, and I, I, I cherish the opportunity to do yes. Murph every single year. And it is just such a such a huge amount of effort. There are lots of hero workouts, and every one of them is is uh, so challenging. Mm-hmm. Murph is its own. Uh, it has its own place. And the thing I really love about it is it's gone way beyond the CrossFit community uh, to you mm-hmm. know, all kinds of different athletes do Murph. I actually saw that Mark Zuckerberg did uh, Murph with a vest 
in he he said he did it in 39 minutes, which is an exceptional time. Honestly, it's it's a great mm-hmm. time. So we can't judge what those reps looked like because I don't think he posted right. a video of him uh, doing it. But he did say yeah. his time, and if that's true. Uh, Zuckerberg is a pretty let's fit get, human let's being. Let's get Andrew Hiller on, though. <laughs> right? <laughs> totally. Let's get, let's get the Batman on, on Mark Zuckerberg. Let's, let's get him called out. I'm sure that's going to go over really well. Fantastic. <laughs> Just fine. Fantastic. No. Well, you've got some news. So, um, uh, and I thought you, I just, you know, lead you into uh, the, the news you've got. CEO Don Fowl. Well, uh, he had some comments yep. on the uh, North America West semifinals. Yeah, he did a press conference there. I picked this up this morning. Uh, he's been on the job for nine months already. That's kind of hard to believe. He certainly kept two, from my opinion, from my opinion and my standpoint, I think he's kept a pretty low profile. Yeah. Uh, but maybe that's by design. Uh, there was one comment, which I will read to you here at the end, that does involve, I think, the games or the sports side of it, which is important. But he talked about uh, there's a goal CrossFit uh, has uh, by 2030 of having 30 million CrossFit athletes. So... I don't know where they're exactly at now. I think we know the affiliate numbers. Uh, that's pretty well publicized. Uh, but how do how does he see the brand getting there? He cited a couple of things like uh, uh, due to their in-house efforts, they've seen a pretty big increase in traffic to the main site, which almost for a while I thought with all the redesigns and the and, and what they were going through kind of lost its luster of being you know it's a lot how a lot of people started out was let's go to right. main site. Right. I don't know if you Well you I didn't spend have, a lot of time you know, on I didn't spend a lot of time historically on main site. Like, but I agree. Yeah, I, t- I have looked at it, and it is. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, just a lot of stuff there, and I think it's getting organized. I'm. I every time I go there, I'm fairly unfamiliar with what's going on because I spend more time on the CrossFit Games side. layout design. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's everything. Correct, so correct. Um, that's bookmark. It's bookmark. It's a big number. Thirty that's, million that's, CrossFitters. Um, however, they can count that, but that's a big number by 2030. So okay, seven, six and a half years. And how he another way he's going to get there is is uh, again through coach um more uh more development of coaches so there's even a talk about uh uh, the foundations course which i just learned about here it's a it's a one-day course and it's going to be focused on athletes that aren't ready to take level one yet so they still want to push level one as really that introductory to 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 the to the methodology i don't want to call it the to the training and uh level two after you've after you've um, started to actually have hands-on coaching, they encourage level two. I know yep. that, but this foundations they think can put their arms around a larger group of athletes um, and and move the numbers that way. But the comment here, and I'll just finish up with this. This is this was interesting. He was asked about the layoffs, which I know we talked about first. The layoffs from HQ, and then a couple of weeks later, we heard about the layoffs at Noble. Um, all know the difficult economic times that a lot of companies are experiencing right now, and those were sizable numbers in yeah. proportion to their overall workforce. His um, his uh, decision, he said, uh, you know, I acknowledge coming into last year, we took a, lot, a look at a lot of our priorities and I made the decision to reallocate some of our focus. Running these events takes, and he's speaking at the semifinals, so you have to, in context, running these events takes an extraordinary amount of work. When I looked at the overall allocation and the amount of time and resources we were putting towards sport, aka the games yeah. track, I felt we needed to adjust. Hmm. So that begs the question, what are you going to see, you know, come August, uh, right. you know, how much are they stressing the existing uh, staff in order to do more with less 
to prepare for um, Madison because really they have, you know, the, the, the die's been cast. They have one more week of semifinals. I know they're in Berlin and I forget where uh, the other one is. I should have that. Uh, Asia, Asia. So they're in Seoul and they're in Berlin. So that's done and those will be handled, but now the push will be to Madison. So with these staff reductions and this comment from him, very curious. It's, Uh, I I always find it. You'll be able to compare and contrast. Yeah. Yeah, and I've been there. I've been to the games a number of years. This will be my fifth year, so there will be I'll have lots of data to compare. And I think about uh, CrossFit as an organization. You know, when they sold, uh, when Glassman sold the organization to uh, Eric Rosa, it it wasn't a sale to to Eric specifically. He was just he happened to be the, the person organizing. Um, but I I listened to an interview that was done with uh, uh, the person that is working on the CrossFit book, which is a book with uh, Greg Glassman, really the foundations of. CrossFit kind of going through his whole life and his experience with CrossFit and where he's going and what he's doing. Anyway, it's a long form interview. And um, I discovered that uh, CrossFit was bought essentially by a, a large group of, of investors. Um, I mean, it's an investment company that essentially owns CrossFit now. And so when they buy a company for, uh, I think they said $200 million, they're looking to get a big return on that. And uh, you know, 30 million uh, CrossFitters out there going through courses, getting their foundations course, their level one course, a level two course, affiliate fees that go into that system. Like this is an organization that isn't just based on the passion of one man, which was what CrossFit originally was. That Greg Glassman was a passionate mm-hmm. human being who who was just a visionary and was you know probably at the time not great at running an organization. That wasn't his skill set. He was a visionary, right? And now we have a CEO. It, go it, ahead. It grew it grew around and despite him despite right? him yeah well, just... say it grew around <laughs> yeah. him and despite yeah. him yes yep. the explosion of popularity yep it it couldn't help but grow and whether he and you know at that at the end of that he didn't he didn't want this the games even he didn't even care about the games allegedly no. you know and then, I mean, no, it was it's it's methodology and yeah. training people and i wonder if you know uh, that was his vision his vision was helping people period uh, and the games was not mm-hmm. was, was not part of that the games had grown into its own thing uh, but he couldn't sell the games uh, apparently there was a, there were talks to try mm-hmm. to s- spin off the games from crossfit so it could be its own entity but no one wants to buy it because it that part's not profitable except as a potential marketing arm uh investment mm-hmm. for crossfit and i wonder if the new company uh or the new ownership looks at the games that looks at semifinals and sees this huge capital and 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 time expenditure and is trying to figure out how to get a return on that investment does the games does semifinals does this entire production push the entire company towards that 30 million crossfitter goal and if it doesn't they have to they'll have to figure it out and for athletes like like us that we really love the games where we love the benefit that CrossFit gives us as being healthy athletes, healthy human beings. But deep down that, you know, you and I are like competitive athletes. So we love the games and we we're fans of that sport and, and the methodology as well. It's but, our sport. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't golf. I don't golf. I don't bowl. I can't throw a football. I can't throw a baseball. I'm not doing any of these things. <laughs> I'm a 47 year old CrossFit athlete. I, and I'm, and honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm a celebrity in a very small niche of a very small sport. Very, very small. And um, that doesn't translate to anything else, you know? So can uh, you said golf. Can I can I say one thing here on this? <laughs> this ties back into Murph. I did hit a bucket of balls yesterday after post Murph. I would not recommend that. 
it <laughs> I said you that you did it did not work out i I love play I love to play golf, but uh the arms were not working at all and, no uh, I couldn't imagine if I tried it again today no I'd feel I, even worse but I, that's another story I just yeah that crossfit is my sport too and you know being <laughs> as old as I am to say I still have a sport. Is, yeah. is uh is rewarding it's something i care and passionate about but i understand where our sport evolved from and that's from the methodology yeah. and yeah. we can't can't forget that and i know it's a business to them i thought the comments were interesting <laughs> you'll be able to compare and contrast differences if you see yeah. a madison yeah you know uh in terms of uh you know boots on the ground there and responsiveness by by the employees i know a yeah. lot of that's volunteer but still yeah, it'll be very and interesting. I will say that the uh, uh, that the one thing that I do, I do still see as a as a as a games athlete and one who's fairly public, I you know I've got my I've, I've put myself out there uh, on YouTube on Instagram um, is that uh, I mean every day I get new messages from uh, people who have started CrossFit because of the journey that I've shared. Um, they're they're inspired, so I I do want to argue uh, in my own small experience that um i think that guys like you guys like me guys with gray hair men and women of course um that that do these things are an inspiration to the demographic the individuals around us to get up and do something they see us doing stuff i was actually in the middle of doing wall balls yesterday against the wall of my rv so 10 foot wall balls i know the height on my rv so i'm doing wall balls on my rv and some guy just walks over and he's like i mean while i'm doing wall balls he's like hey this is a great setup i'm like bro thanks i'm trying to keep count in my head as i'm counting to 21 and uh, i'm like please feel free to take a look around i shoot i'm right in the middle of this thing but i I talk afterwards um but we we just by our lifestyle by (laughs) our online presence yeah they don't know he doesn't know why wouldn't this guy stop he kept doing wall balls um anyway i will be curious we'll see what happens i i'm hopeful that um right i'm hopeful that the games continues to help grow this the 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 company of CrossFit. I do believe in it. I love it. And uh, I hope that that continues. Um, anyway. All right. Next piece Likewise. of news, Rick. Uh, yes. Just a, a quick shout out uh, to the ladies. Uh, there were um, the ladies at North America West semifinal. Uh, one, two, three, four age group athletes represented themselves very well. Uh, they had uh, two of the ladies already have punched their tickets to the games via the uh, semifinals for age group. Obviously, China Cho being one of them and Jen Ryan being the other. Um, they, through the process, though, from the individual side, qualified for the semifinal. And four of these ladies decided to compete. Uh, all four finished the weekend. Uh, China had the best finish at 24th. Uh, Jen Ryan was 47th. I want to get the names right here because it was uh, Chelsea Nicholas. Uh, and Kelly Clark, Chelsea Nicholas finished 25th and Kelly Clark finished 38th. So wow. when you think uh, the high caliber of individual women there at North America West, including a couple of 17-year-olds, right? you know, they started the article out with uh, 17-year-old Olivia Kerstetter and, you know, 42 or 43-year-old Jen Ryan. I mean, That's it's, it's hard to believe they're on the same competition floor right. and basically hanging with each other, you know, relatively Uh, for the weekend. So it just shows you, uh, you know, that the age group, you know, we have to draw the line with the numbers uh, at some point, but just to say 35 and up, uh, they're still incredibly viable athletes um, that can, uh, that can compete at the highest level as evidenced by this past weekend. So that was fun to see from a master's perspective. Absolutely. I, I thought that was really fun. I, I still, I love the weekends of semifinals, you know, every night, I get to sit down and, and watch the replays. I, I just love it. It's I get to binge watch CrossFit. 
which is it's just silly exactly but again i mean i love i love this stuff and uh i'll give a shout out i I did really enjoy uh when i was in mayhem i got to to train quite a bit with bailey rail uh and she was out there competing uh for Mm -hmm. a spot and she really she really crushed the last day particularly the last event uh and it, it wasn't looking good yeah and she uh she came in ninth out of 10 i think uh that were able eighth or ninth something like that but the fact that she went from 21st to a games spot on the last day was just huge uh, right. so i was i was cheering her on virtually and spending the entire day trying not to see anything on social media so i didn't know if she made it or not so when i watched the replay that night i got to see in my own version of life okay. like wow she pulled that off in heat she was like uh i mean she was in the the fourth heat i, I believe uh fourth or fifth heat i can't remember i was she gonna was say she wasn't in the last heat, right? She was not. No, she was yeah. in the fifth heat. They reshuffled. So she had to set the times yes. to beat um, both of those event six or test yeah. test six and test seven. Okay. And so I was, I mean, we, and I then, knew her time and, and I was cheering for however many athletes I was like, okay, now we need like this many athletes to get to between her and this person. And, you know, the, 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 I mean, they were all, the announcers were focused on who was in 10th place and ninth place at the time. Like those people that were right on the bubble, but what ended up happening is like, is Bailey just usurped? She just jumped right mm-hmm. over those guys. Yep. And, uh, and it was fun. I mean, I, I love cheering on someone who, who I know and, I will say that um, just for fun, the the one of the last days I was at Mayhem before we left uh, on our travels, um, I, I was doing a little bit of accessory work at the end with Bailey, and it was it involved like thirty toes to bar, something on a bike, and and then an L sit on the rings. And she was like, "Jason, you want to jump in?" I was like, "Heck yes, I do." Toes to bar, yes. And so we did three or four rounds of this thing, and uh, we did the first round unbroken oh. of toes to bar, and then. It just became, well, we're not breaking now. I'm not breaking. Are you breaking? No. Are you breaking? No, I'm not breaking. So you know how that goes when you've got a partner. Oh. You're like, okay. So when I saw her not break on toes to bar, I, in yep. my mind, I was like, yeah, yeah. She's probably imagining that I was racing her in that moment. She's probably thinking Grub would hold on. No, she wasn't thinking that. She, But I wanted to think that she was thinking that. <laughs> no, so. she, she she knew what her capacity was. <laughs> she knew she... what she could do. Um, so actually, I, when I, I was going to watch her heat. Yeah. I, I, well, I was going to say she went unbroken on her three rounds of 20 yeah. toes to bar yes. uh, in that last event. Yes. And so to ask her to do that was probably not even under fatigue. And it was a short, yeah. short-ish uh, type of test. She easily had the capacity to go 20, yeah. 20, 20. That is her jam. As you've seen before now. Yeah, it was amazing. Oh, I knew she could. So I was like, and it's funny when you watch, when you're watching people do toes to bar, you could see you're like, ah, She's going to break. Because you could just see the fatigue mm-hmm. on round eight, nine, ten. The way the knees yeah. come up and the kick at the kick. end. Yeah. yeah. Like, yep. ah, th- she's yep. going to break. She's going to break. She's going to break. And you see Bailey and you're like, oh, she's got it. Like, the rhythm is good. The the movement is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole system is just working. Um, So, yeah, it was really fun. Really fun. So, uh, semifinals. One more week of semifinals. Excellent. Good for her. Um, we'll yep. see. What, be, what turns I'll up next week? Cheering on the uh, uh, men's field in uh, uh, Berlin at yes. uh, in Europe. Yes, uh, certainly stacked. I would say that's headlined by BKG. Uh, he'd he'd have to get hurt not to not to sail through. Right. Um, I think he's. I just think he's on another level. I know um, one of the Dukic brothers would be uh-huh. would beg to differ with that. I forget which one. It'd be Lazar. Yep. But uh, BKG is just another level. And then I think everybody, now that Mal O'Brien is not competing, uh, I think the world will be watching is it? it's test event, keep saying, it's test six, Laura Horvath, wow. and the wall-facing handstand push-ups. Right. 
Can she I do know it? They're not deficit, yep. but uh, most athletes I've seen have 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 taken breaks. They mm-hmm. might have gone ten and ten or eleven nine or something like that, uh, just kind of pacing themselves for those legless uh, rope climbs to come after that. But boy, will she be watched and that'll be oh, scrutinized yeah. because that might be the only thing that's holding her back from from winning everything. Very very true. And um, I don't know how she is on legless rope climbs. Uh, I'm sure she's fine. Um, in fact, yeah, I'm sure she's fine. Uh, but, but I, I, ha- I'm pretty sure she's actually, have, yeah. Have she you be tried? A rock climber, right? No, that's so right. I would that's imagine right. Her, she's, her pooling strength is fine. Have you tried the L-sit yeah. rope climb up with a descent down legless? Yeah? No, oh, no. I've, last week we messed around with it. Yeah. I tried the L-sit up. But I came down, uh, did not come down. Like a rock. But I know <laughs> of some athletes out there, masters, are who are doing it, who are practicing it. So, yep. uh, you know, again, I wouldn't put that out of the realm of possibilities. No. Maybe just L-sit, legless up, uh, and then, then you come down. We'll see We'll see what the games have in store for you. But uh, Yeah, it's, it's I, an interesting to speculate. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw a lot of those things. I agree. I I really agree, and I I think that legless down is the game changer. That is, it's so hard. Um, my first attempt was a disaster, and then my body adapted to it. Like, it kind of figured it out. Mm-hmm. I sort of, I mean, the first attempt I did was like the first, it, like my first. I don't know about you as a master's alley, but my first rope climb feels like garbage. I feel rickety. Mm-hmm. Right. My shoulders want to snap. It, everything feels bad. Then it starts to warm up, and then it feels grip- better grip kicks in yeah really do it really the grip grip feels better the second or third would i have to do legless than the first one the first one i go up and i'm like i'm not gonna make this (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna lose it and then you know suddenly then i'm like i know how many pulls i need i feel it kick in yeah it does uh we'll see how many listeners uh even use this as a tip but one of the men in the final heat uh could have been fakowski i'm not sure smart enough to have the rope on his outside Mm. and strong enough also that it wasn't centered but he did that allegedly or apparently uh so that the legs would the rope would not be between his legs and he would not um run the risk of accidentally pinching it yeah and causing a no rep so he climbed it with the rope over his hip yeah on the side which i think was a whole i don't know if you've ever i've done that. that i have not whenever i've done leg uh sit i've always had the rope to the side it's fine it's it's totally fine it's it doesn't change anything except uh, you can't squeeze the rope with your legs. Okay. And I, I feel like that's a really great strategy. I saw I saw one person get away with, a, oh, a pretty rough rep where they squeeze their legs on the very last second before they touch their hands below the red line. And mm-hmm. the, the judge didn't see it. And I was like, that was blatant. It, it didn't matter because it was yeah. earlier heat. But um, mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, that is tough. It's it's so tempting when you're scared to just squeeze those legs real quick. And yeah. Um, I mean, I remember at the games in 2021, we had legless rope climbs with deadlifts. And I remember on my last rep, I was risking it all to get that one last pull. And if I would have, for some reason, missed my hand or not touched just right, uh, that mm-hmm. metal beam or whatever we had to touch, um, if I didn't touch the beam, my legs were probably wrapped around that rope, uh, you know, a couple of milliseconds after I touched because I was at the very end of my capacity. Yeah. And yeah. It's, but I was very careful. Like, I am going to make a sound when I hit this thing, and then my legs are going to grab this thing because I'm going to die if I Correct. don't. And I'm not I'm not waiting for the judge to say good. No, I'm going to hit it and clamp because it's I do gonna, not want to come crashing to the ground. Yeah, no, it is going to be uh-uh. so clear. I'm not I'm not going to make any anything. So 
Let's move on. Uh, yeah. We've got a couple of sure. things that we wanted to share as our as our primary, even though, you know, we, we chip through the news and we end up having these wonderful conversations. But you did a bit of a deep dive <laughs> on the history of age groups at the games, um, and you haven't shared with me any of this. So I'm really interested in what you have picked yes. up about the history of age groups at the game. Well, just some interesting couple of things here, and I promise I'm not going to go too in-depth, but this is the stuff I do like to geek out about. Uh, again, I mentioned this last week, thanks to CrossFit. Uh, putting some more uh, details and meat behind the uh, game site, you now can look at leaderboards, individuals going all the way back for the, to the first games of 07 and Masters. Uh, and we said that last year or last week that the first time Masters had an age group was uh, 2010. So you, not only can you see the field, the results, but now you can find the workouts too, which I think is really interesting. Yes. So, wow. uh, and again, in a couple of weeks, we'll talk about here on on this uh, uh, podcast what our uh, guesses are going to be for maybe some movements what what you would see in Madison but real briefly here uh, so 2010 was the first year they had uh, age groups and I think I said this so this is not not a fair question for you but there were only 50 to 54 men and women one age one age category that was it huh. uh, now the interesting thing is can you tell me how many athletes they had in of men and how many women in that 50 to 54 category wow this uh, was uh i bet they had this is something i think we want them to land on now right right did they have 15 did they have 15 per i'm leading you yeah. yes they did yes wow. there i'm leading i'm leading the witness yeah they had 15 each and you know we you know i know the number 15 has come up even if you're not going to go to 20 back to 20 again why not 15 so yeah uh, they had 15 and they only had three events they had nancy a established a max deadlift and fran wow three events pretty oh, simple man uh and and no cut that was yeah. it it was it was seemed like it was maybe could have been technically one day maybe they split it up into two days i wasn't sure about that uh and then 2011 is when they had a real large expansion um they went masters uh they had age groups of 45 to 49 they started that and then they went 55, 59, and 60 plus. They expanded the field to 20 athletes. Uh, they had five events. Uh, and this is the first year that they actually instituted a cut down to just eight. So uh, 12 athletes, at least 12, or if there were still 20 competing, uh, 12 got cut after four events and then eight did the final. Um, and then the last thing I'll say on the age groups, again, I will not go every year, I promise. Uh, in 2014, they they started the 40 to 44 category for both men and women. So that was 2014. And these, again, these games were all out at Carson um, at the StubHub Center. Uh, but what I want to say, interestingly enough here, is 2011 workouts, uh, there were, again, there were five. Pretty simple, like a simple chipper. Well, not, I'm sure it wasn't simple, but uh, establish a, a one rep max clean and jerk, uh, a master's final event, which was kind of interesting row, 500 meters, bike, 500 meters, 15 burpee box jumps, and then 120 foot carry. They don't give me the description of what you're carrying or <laughs> whatever that <laughs> is. That something. was the final. <laughs> so, um, a muscle up thruster workout, which, uh, interesting, not far off of what we saw a little bit here in semifinals, but for you, Jason Grubb, you were 45 to 49 that year. Here's what you would have done. Three rounds for time of four muscle ups and eight thrusters at 135 pounds. Four and eight, four and eight, four and eight. Wow. It must have been, well, nowadays that would be an absolute all out sprint. Yes. I'm sure 135 pounds thrusters for 45. And in fact, 50 to 54 did it last, uh, did it that year too. Would have been a mite bit slower, but the, the one that caught my attention was the last one. 
was uh, it was called uh, overhead squat push up and get this shuttle run. Wow! I didn't think we'd. I did not remember this. Now they're using a very generous term of shuttle run here because listen to this. Here, Mister Mister Grubb is forty five year old. Back then, you would have done twenty one reps of an overhead squat at ninety five pounds. Okay. Twenty one hand release push ups. So age groups finally saw that after hand release had been introduced to the uh, individual athletes yep. a couple of years prior. And then a 150-yard shuttle run. So it's a generous run. Yes. 150 yards. Uh, remember, they were at the track back then. That's where the age groups were. So uh, could have been on the football field, could have been back, you know, three quarters of the way and back. Uh, so that's 21, 21, 150-yard shuttle run. Then 15, 15, 100-yard shuttle run and nine nine and a 50 yard shuttle. Wow. So that was wow. uh that was a four time event. So some interesting programming from way back when, and we'll talk over the next couple of weeks, the evolution as we know, and then actually what you've lived uh, the last couple of years, but uh, it started, it started in its infancy where we just took two girls and a, and a, uh, and a max lift. And we called that the age group competition <laughs> to how intricate just say, for example, last year was with uh, all the moving parts. Uh, that age groups had. Oh, wow. This is going to be fun. I can't wait to hear the, the additional iterations because once you get from 2014 to 2018, now that's where I enter. And I can tell you every mm -hmm. event, um, 2018, 2019, Absolutely. 2021, 2022. Um, and I, I've never been disappointed with uh, how my body has felt after the CrossFit Games every year. It's been because I, right. I, I feel like they've increased in everything so much over the years. Uh, except I will say, I, I mean, 2018, right. I remember there was a workout there that we'll talk about this in the future, but the, one of the first day's workouts, mm -hmm. uh, in addition to a few other things, it had 100 dumbbell front rack uh, squats, uh, front squats, dumbbell yes. front squats. Yeah. Um, that put our legs... Oh, oh. Oh, did I start to break up? Overhead squat? No, no, yeah, I'm sorry. It was, it was front PS rack. Or something like front that? rack, oh. dumb, dumbbell front rack. Why can't I say it? Yeah, um, that's right. Front squats with dumbbells in the front rack position. And a total of front 100 rack. put our legs into such a severe deficit for the entire next four days. We were limping and hobbling. Right. Um, it was it was something. Um, yeah, that was, that's year one, um, or 2018, uh, 2018, we touched the obstacle course. If you could imagine like how great Correct. was it, how was they started to incorporate a lot more for masters athletes later on. But, um, these early years, wow. Right. The, to imagine that their first age group was 50 to 54, because there were probably guys 49 and younger that were like in the mix of the CrossFit games at the time, you know, yep. like a crazy. Yep. You know, some of the uh, some of the ages, there were certainly a lot of individual athletes that were in their 30s, if not later 30s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, competing right around that 08, 9, 10 uh, time frame. Uh, but the fact how they've introduced all these other objects, you mentioned the obstacle course. You've run with a rock. Yep. Um, uh, the weight vest has been used. You've carried yokes. So, uh, last year was the introduction of uh, the, the swimming and ski event, which was right. the first time, uh, I believe he said, age groups, and that includes teenagers as well, and individuals and teams, everybody did the same basic workout. Yeah, that was so, amazing. That um, went off there, so there's well. Been this, there's, 
this grad yeah this gradual building of of what they've introduced age groups to yeah now i know we'll we'll talk a few more things uh in the years to come but uh boy it started out certainly as a hey what do we do for age groups oh let's just uh put these down it's nancy's a good test incorporate some running you know it's lift heavy and uh hey fran fran's good i'm sure everybody likes to be tested with fran call it a year done yeah it, it, when we think about it in context of uh, in the history of where we've come from uh we we could be grateful for the experience that CrossFit does provide for us as masters athletes, 35 to 39. There are seven masters divisions, male and female. That's 14 mm-hmm. total divisions um, that they do roll out the red carpet for us at the games. And I mean, I've had an amazing experience every year from behind the scenes and athlete control to out on the field uh, to I mean, three out of the four years. Amazing um, coverage you know, on YouTube. So mm-hmm. um, the only year that they didn't have, we didn't have any coverage was 2019. That was just a big transition year for CrossFit. But uh, yeah. really where we've come from, from three workouts in a parking lot to, uh, mm-hmm. to, to 14 yep. divisions um, yep. and plus teenagers now um, it's, it's really amazing. And, you know, I, oftentimes I've, I've shared that like, yeah, I wish they paid more for masters athletes. I still wish they did. I really wish they did, but uh, I can't imagine the prize pool in 2010 to 2014 was much. Um, the, the privilege of showing up was probably the prize. The, the the prize pool, think about it for the elite individual athletes. Remember Graham Holmberg, uh, when the, the year he won, it might have been a whole lot of progenics and it was a check for maybe twenty or $25,000 right. or something like that, which, oh, yeah. I mean, that's that was before Reebok. That yeah. was before the big sponsorship. So, yep. you know, CrossFit was doing what they could with what they were afforded. Yeah. Um, it certainly just shows you, I know Noble announced an increase in the prize purse uh, for games this year, last week or something like that, maybe about a 3% increase, I think is what it worked out to across the board. Um, So the little, the little things count and add up, but boy, it's come a long way. A long way. Well, we'll shift to our, our last topic of the the day. And um, I think this is a fun one. So last week we sort of touched on, um, you know, how, how training is different between from masters athletes to uh, individual athletes. And we sort of touched on warmups last week. We'll visit that topic a number of times, because I think we've got a lot to say about how we train in such a way that's different than younger athletes. We also uh, want to touch on the themes around uh, kind of what the internet has to say about CrossFit. And so we'll, we'll bounce around these topics uh, over the year and mix them in. We don't want to get stuck on a topic for too long. So we'll just kind of pull these back and uh but but we were brainstorming today you know what does the internet say about crossfit and there are a lot of criticisms about crossfit that you can find online I'll, there's a lot of positives but i think that w- what we wanted to address was the the negative things and one of the things that often comes up about crossfit is the risk of injury you know anybody who doesn't know crossfit but is in the fitness industry, the number one thing they're going to say, chiropractors, physical therapists, all of them, is that CrossFit is, um, because of its high-intensity nature, an encouragement to push your limits, the potentially the potential for uh, a higher risk of injury is there, um, especially for beginners or those with pre-existing conditions. That is uh, just a blanket statement that, that you hear online. I can't, I can't tell you how many people I've heard that have said, well, I went to my doctor, my doctor said I should never, ever, ever do CrossFit again. And I'm just like, well... Your doctor doesn't know what CrossFit is, but you know, even taking a step back, this is a common thing out there. Have you have you run into that in your longer history than me, Rick? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and maybe not so much from the medical community. Just just uninformed, uh, you know, uninformed acquaintances. Uh, why would you want to be doing that to yourself? Why would you know that boy? That looks dangerous. How do you do that? That's so dangerous. Right. Yet 
we're not in other sports like Olympic lifting or powerlifting. Um, how about the number of injuries that occur on the soccer field? The number of, of uh, lower leg injuries, uh, concussions, uh, children under 18 playing sports where concussions are a higher risk, football, certainly soccer. Yeah. Um, some other uh, ball sports, lacrosse, things like that. I mean, just because we're not involved in that, I would hope that those sports are also getting the same kind of knock that ours are. Yeah. But it seems a little unfair uh, when it's coming from uh, an uninformed source. Right. And the uninformed source, I think one of the things that they look at is they look at something like what they see on TV. They see CrossFit on TV and they see people doing thrusters right. in a race or snatch ladders, which is insane, right? They see butterfly pull-ups. They see movements mm -hmm. that are the most advanced um, elements of this sport of CrossFit. And yes, when you move into the sport of anything in a competitive side of anything you mm -hmm. are putting yourself Good point. into yep. a, a more riskier situation so if you if you do triathlons for fun running swimming biking that's that's cute and you do that but if you get competitive in that and you start increasing your training volume the potential for injury is exponentially higher same thing with crossfit same thing with football like if i were to say to a 40 year old you know yeah. mother of 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 four kids, you know what I want you, I want you to come on in and we're going to do what they do in the NFL. Like she would, she, that's not that she would be like, no, I can't, I'm not doing what they do in the NFL. It's super dangerous. Well, yes, of course mm -hmm. it is. So when you come into a CrossFit class, you're not going to do what mm -hmm. you see at the CrossFit games, just as an example, like those are professional athletes. Exactly. Right. So, um, yes, yeah, I challenge those uninformed sources to come into a class and look at what's going on. And I, would would challenge them that they're not going to see what you're describing the professional the professional CrossFit athletes are doing. Um, butterfly pull-ups are not often done. Right. Uh, kipping pull-ups after you've learned after you've established and developed the strength needed for strict pull-ups, then you learn you know to uh, to kip. And then the next iteration is the butterfly. The majority of your gym is going to be doing kipping pull-ups. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with uh, the form if, as, as long as it's done properly. And they're limiting themselves from injury yeah. by, you know, by doing it, the technique that they've learned. And yeah, you're right. There's that, there's the progression and, and a good CrossFit coach, a good CrossFit gym is going to take people from that foundational le level uh, that the place where they have no experience whatsoever and a good gym, a good coach is going to, to take a person and help them navigate all of these skill development or the skill development um, in an appropriate way for that person. Now, my my story or my experience was I, I went to a CrossFit gym and I started and I loved it. And I started going six days a week, just going full ham, full crazy. I'm all in. And it was so two things that happened there. One, I wasn't at a, a really good gym. A really good gym would have told me to slow down, tap the brakes, the buddy. Brakes yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I see how excited you are about this. Let's go ahead and work on these foundational elements. Um, and until we have these mastered, then we'll start to move up. I see how much you love this. And that's great. But five days a week is all we should see you here, Jason. And let's lighten up everything. And on the other hand, there is an element of personal responsibility mm -hmm. where... Yeah, in the first two weeks, I did hurt myself pulling a rower too hard. I bruised a rib because I was pulling on the rower so hard. Again, that, a good coach would be like, Jason, dude, <laughs> calm down. Like you're hitting your chest with a rower, the, yeah. the dial it down. But um, I, I think that 
yeah, I was responsible for my own behavior as well. So it's not just finding a good gym. It's also being smart and realizing that the runway that we have in front of us, regardless of whatever age you start, the runway is really long. And if you aspire mm-hmm. to start CrossFit and get to the CrossFit Games, let's say that you're you just like you drink the Kool-Aid. You're like, that's it. I just want to be a competitive athlete. The fun thing is if you start at 38, you could go to the CrossFit Games at 45 and that would be just fine. You could work until you're 50 and go to the games or 55 you could be in this sport for 13 years and get to the games as a healthy human being you don't have to get mm-hmm. there on year one or year two or year three because it's it's impossible and risky to try to go that fast so the runway is long be patient and and with that like i think one of our number one um one of our number one uh we talked about beginners last week i think crossfit for beginners mm-hmm. the number one advice is just don't get hurt like that's it if you could just not get hurt, yeah, yep. you will you will last a long time in in this sport or this training regimen. And so, be smart and when, you know, yeah. When you limit your time in the gym because you're battling an injury, just limits it 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 just uh, further impedes the progress that you're hoping to make. Yeah, common sense. Common sense. So you know, I, I'm glad you said personal responsibility. I think you know. You want to think that most uh, individuals who step into a a gym have that kind of sense about them to say, you know, how much isn't is too much. Yeah. Uh, they might have that governor in their head that break, you know, to, to be able to hit the brakes. Maybe not everybody does. Again, that's where you know good gyms with uh, the coaching staff that's prepared. Uh, you know, you've done some on ramp classes. They yeah. keep eyes on you and they kind of know where you're at. Yeah. Um, they're going to prevent that from happening. And then you marry that with, you know, that, that self-regulation that you should have, but you're looking at this long on-ramp of progress. And I think that's what we're all trying to achieve. I mean, you know, no one comes in to the gym the first time and masters everything. That's true. You know, we talked about, before we jump on the show, we talked about an example I was thinking about uh, when I owned a gym, I had one of my clients, um, his name was Bob. Uh, That was actually his name. So, uh, Bob, if you're listening, you know, you know what I'm about to say, but Bob, Bob, Bob got injured and Bob developed shoulder pain and shoulder injury. And, you know, he ended up going to a, a chiropractor that said, you should never cross it, never put any weight overhead. Well, I told Bob so many times, dude, we got to dial it back. We got to pull back that weight. That's too heavy to go overhead because Bob didn't have the shoulder mobility as a 65 plus athlete. He didn't have the shoulder mobility to really put a barbell overhead. If you put a barbell overhead, but you can't actually stack it on your skeleton in an appropriate way, you're putting yourself at risk. Mm-hmm. You're putting your shoulders at risk for injury. Um, and honestly, right. that was me when I started CrossFit. I didn't have the shoulder <laughs> mobility and I did develop issues with my shoulders, which was really unfortunate, right? Yeah, I couldn't get my arms overhead. Eventually, I got my arms into a better position. Eventually, I've been able to develop the mobility required for uh, all of the CrossFit movements, but it's taken me so much time. But Bob was relentless at like just trying to do something RX. And, you know, you do your best as a coach to try to help someone um, avoid injury. You do your best, but then it comes back to personal responsibility, you know, uh, Bob, Bob doesn't do CrossFit anymore. He does jujitsu now, so that's that. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, talk about nothing. It's not safer. Oh, are you kidding yeah, he's me? No. Jujitsu. So, oh. you know, I mean, oh my goodness, it, the guy is sixty-seven and he's doing jujitsu. He's, he's moving around. He's that's active. Um, you know, good for him. But uh, mm-hmm. it was that's it was really tough. Want. There are sometimes there's people that are hard to coach, and those people injure themselves 
um, you know, by doing something that's not prescribed. It's sort of like if my doctor prescribed me medicine and I took maybe three pills instead of one pill every day, and then I go to the doctor, I'm like, hey, your medicine didn't work. He'd be like, dude, you didn't do the medicine right. You didn't do what I prescribed. Right, correct. Uh, and, Follow the instructions. Yes. And I, I tell you what, that CrossFit yeah, so is really don't be Bob. Yeah, don't be Bob. Don't be Bob. Whatever. What I always think about uh, that meme from Dwight at the office, uh, from the office, where he says, "Whenever I think, would an idiot do that thing? I don't do that thing, or something like that." It's uh, it's this. It's 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 great. But I think CrossFit does train um, their coaches to be very very mindful, uh, very very on top of helping athletes stay safe um, and really good coaches. And believe me, I get to drop into dozens of gyms a year, dozens. And I do see 90% of the gyms. I am, I'm impressed. The coaches are on it. It's amazing. Like they are, they're really doing it. There are, every once in a while I drop into a gym and I'm like, ah, yeah, the coaches aren't super invested. Um, and I don't like to see that, but it's not my business. And I, I mm -hmm. so yeah, right. in any right. kind of situation, yeah, but, there's but gonna you're be actually out there on the road yeah. more than myself. But we have, a, we have a number of members who travel a lot for work and they're always looking to drop in wherever yep. they can. Yep. And they come back with some experiences too. Yep. Some good, some maybe not so good. Yep. But that, that's back circling back to that model where, you know, the strongest will survive and yep. thrive yep. Um, for sure. But, you know, and... I, I think the more education that you impart upon the coaches, this circles back to the what we started out with, with Don's comments. So how is he going to drive the number of members? Yeah. Well, we're going to increase the education. We're going to push the foundations course. We're going to continue to make sure our coaches are as prepared as they can be to, uh, to, to coach our members. Yeah. So, you know, the uninformed, back to what we were started to talk about, the uninformed are going to always throw stones. Um, you know, step inside a gym, see what's happening. Um, see the the work that's that's taking place in in the responsible manner and i think then you might change your opinion without blasting hey crossfit is dangerous you should never do that yeah again. yeah and i think that's great advice just if you're if you're looking to get into crossfit and you're concerned about the risk factors um just know that any if you get off the couch to to start to train for a 5k any if you get off the couch you're putting yourself at risk but the risk that you take is worth it. The benefits of being healthy, the benefits of being able to get healthy enough to do whatever you want to do in life is worth it. And try to find a good gym. If you feel good there, if they're coaching you, they're letting you know constantly um, about your or, or constantly focusing on your form, your your development. Um, that's great. And you, you're you never locked mm -hmm. into a gym. You can always change and fight a gym. And you also have to take personal responsibility. You have to pay attention to your body. And if you find yourself doing something that, that is causing you harm, um, then you, you dig in and figure out what's going on. If you got some knee pain from a previous injury, well, let's figure out or talk to a coach at your gym. Like, hey, I've got this knee pain. What can I do to help? These people, most, most coaches are like so passionate about this that they will jump in and be happy to help. So be smart out there, guys. And, uh, you know, I, I, CrossFit, you know, is is safer than sitting on the couch and developing uh, metabolic diseases. Not we don't want those. We want to avoid those. Absolutely. At all well, Rick, it's that time of yep. the show where I I I look at our, I'm looking at our show notes and we don't I, you don't have a pick of the week, my friend, in the show notes. I've got one, so I'm going to let you think on it. I'm going to let you think about one for Let's, a minute. Okay. And um, you got it. I will jump into my pick of the week. So um, every once in a while, I just look at something on my desk that is one of the most 
important elements of my desk. So I have video lights on my desk. I have a camera. I have an iPad. I have an iMac or whatever. I have all these things on my desk. But my favorite thing is this little whiteboard that I have that fits just in front of my keyboard. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes to an Amazon link for this. So you could actually envision this thing. But it's it's about 12 inches wide, about 8 inches deep. And it's on a slant. It, it, if I lift, if I open the cover to it, there's little like storage compartments. If I close the cover, it's a whiteboard and i take all my notes throughout the day on this whiteboard i have my to-do list on this whiteboard it is the coolest thing that i am having a very hard time uh uh, explaining verbally but if i just if i look at so what i'm going to do in the show notes i'm going to link this to amazon (laughs) Uh, you know it's like 30 dollars, but oh my gosh like this thing is a life changer for me. It's my favorite favorite little toy. Um, and I spend lots of things on little toys, little productivity improvements in my life. But this little whiteboard on my desk is uh, it's it's the nuts. It's amazing. So, Rick, I like that. You got one. Did you come <laughs> well, up with one? Yes. <laughs> You're going to laugh because there is no link to this one. Let's put it that way. It is not a it's not a tip. It's what got me through yesterday. It's got what, what got me through Murph. Uh, again, we had beautiful weather. Uh, however, it started to get warm, as you'd expect. All I can say is uh, my tip is if you're going to do Murph, make sure you have cold ice towels handy. I had it over my back of my neck, had it over my, you know, inside my, around my shoulders for the first mile run uh, within uh, reach for the, the work that you're doing inside after that. And then grabbed another cold, ice cold towel for the second mile run. Just helps helps keep keep you a little cooler, I think. Uh, again, no link, just take a towel and get it wet and get it cold. And, uh, you know, I think of Murph, and that's just how I think of getting through it. Yeah. Um, you know, with addition to sucking down about every <laughs> uh, water bottle that you can find during it all. And, and during a regular work uh, workout or regular training session, I don't find myself going over to a water bottle hardly at all. Uh, but something about the mentality of Murph, and it's a sustained effort for as long as it takes you to get through it, you need you need some hydration and you certainly need to keep your body temperature cooler. So Very true. I'll, work for me, that's my tip. I'll tell you, at the, at the CrossFit Games in 2019, there was this long chipper. It started with an 800-meter run and then 30 reps of a bunch of different things and then another 800-meter run. And as I was... As I was getting ready to head out, a teenager came by because they had just finished the workout. It was so hot outside. He was like, hey, grub, take a water bottle, put it out there on your chest piece, your little your little thing that says that your name on it. Put a water bottle out there. When you head out on that second 800-meter run, dump that water on your head. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. So I, as I was getting through these 30, 30, 30, 30 different things, um, I had this 800-meter run to do at the end. And I got to it first. I dumped the water on my head. And I was a new man instantly instantly rejuvenated like it gave me a shock i had adrenaline it felt so good i busted through that 800 meter run and i believe that was actually my first event win in my crossfit games history so thank you anonymous uh teenager that said hey teenager you know some kid like i don't know random um yeah it's great so see it's it's the little thing it's the little things like that on a sustained you know effort that really make a difference really does um you know besides the physiological changes of maybe lowering your body temperature a few degrees it's just as much mental as anything else that's that little reward well rick we come to the end of another episode i appreciate you my friend uh To those that are listening, we want to thank you for tuning in to the Masters in Motion podcast. If you found this episode to be helpful, we would be so grateful if you could take a quick moment to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast app. Your support helps us reach more listeners and grow our Masters community. Until next time, get bolder, not older. See ya.